Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. College basketball season just around the corner here, and we're going around talking with the head coaches throughout the state here in Connecticut. And joining me, I think I've got to go check the record book, but I I think this guy might be the coach who's come on the podcast the most. So Coach Anthony Latina at Sacred Heart, welcome back. Glad to have you back on. Well, thanks for having me back. I think that's a a good distinction, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is. Um, At least I like to think so. So, um, Coach, uh, just figure we start, you know, kind of heading into the start of the season here, last few weeks uh, of the preseason as you get ready to kick things off. How are you feeling about your team at at this point in the season, uh, you know, getting ready to kick things off? Well, it's always obviously an exciting time of year. A lot of enthusiasm and uh, expectation um, and optimism. So, and we're certainly no different than a lot of other teams. Now, we're a little older and a little more veteran, and we might have a little bit more expectation uh, than most because of how many guys we have back and uh, you know the experience and depth of our team. So, you know, we're optimistic. We're excited. Um, there is a lot of expectation, not only internally, but externally. And, uh, we accept that and we're excited about that. You know, the expectations, you know, from both what you've got internally and then externally, like being the highest rated team in the NEC on Ken Palm and and use that for your team this year and get them to kind of maybe block out some of that noise and and not necessarily listen to all of those expectations. Well, I, I think... I think because we're an older team, we will probably can have Ken Palm hasn't put this out yet, but usually have the most experienced teams in the country, and I, I got to think we'll be probably somewhere in the top ten in the country. So we do have a veteran team. I think they understand that while there's, it's great to be picked, you know, number one in, in a lot of these publications. Actually, in every publication, I haven't seen one publication that doesn't have us number one. Uh, our coaches poll won't come out till next week, but I anticipate us being picked number one there. So, um, but I think they understand our players that, that that's great and that's exciting, but it, it means nothing. <laughs> I mean, it means, it just means that people think you're going to be good. It doesn't mean you're going to be good. I mean, there's been plenty of years where we've been picked seventh, eighth or ninth and finished in the top three. So, um, you know, it's just going about just kind of having a, everyday mentality going to work make sure we're making sure we're getting better every day you know we have a saying in our program uh that we just adopted this year and the most important thing we do in our program is the next thing and uh because that's how you're good you're good by getting better every day by improving uh by not getting complacent and so our focus right now is is what the next thing is we actually have a day off tomorrow so maybe these guys some, some guys have some a little banged up, you have to get healthier and spend some time with the trainer, whether it's ice baths and things of that nature and preventative things. And, and then we get back to work on Thursday. So um, that's, that's our focus. Now, certainly you have goals and winning the league and getting to the NSA tournament is, is in the back of our mind, but we won't know if we've achieved that goal until the end of the season. So certainly throughout this whole journey here we got to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the best position and the only way to do that is is to work every day so we've had a great a really really good 
approach to practice, a good focus. And I do feel, I think we're about 20 practices in roughly. Uh, I think 20 was today or maybe 19. Um, I think we're much better now than we were 19 practices ago. And I think we're much more prepared to, to win a game. So hopefully, you know, I think we have, I don't know, six or seven more practices of scrimmage as well. We need to, you know, we need to make sure that we're better um, on November 6th than we are now. And if we do that, I think we have enough good players uh, and a good plan where I, I think we're going to put ourselves in a really good position. So, you know, there's obviously some different challenges in the non-conference that are going to be really tough. But, you know, that, and, and, you know, the focus for our level of non-conference is, one, get better. Two, win your fair share of games. Hopefully, if you can be 500 going to league play, that's that's a win because we you know we play three or four, you know, pretty pretty prominent programs and uh, and be healthy and get ready to put ourselves in best position to win our conference. You you mentioned something that's really interesting to me, and that's how experienced and old your team is, which is somewhat tough to see in college basketball this these days, especially at the mid-major level. So what do you think that says about your program and being able to have these older guys and these returners coming back uh, competing for you and your team this year? Well, it certainly is the exception nowadays and not the rule. Um, you know, the reason we're older, it's a combination of we do have some older transfers that have been hit with us for a year or two, three, some. And then we've had our fair share of very good players stay. Um, so I think I think we've had a good combination of bringing in some older transfers that have really bought into what we're doing and some really good high school kids that have stayed, that don't normally stay, like a Nico Gallette, like a Tanner Thomas, who, you know, will both be prominent, you know, fixtures in our, in our program. So um, we're... Excited about that. You know, Nico will probably be, you know, he's everybody's preseason player of the year. I mean, he's decided to stay four years at a place, which is, again, the exception. You know, Tanner Thomas will be a junior, and he certainly could have left for, you know, perceived higher levels. But um, they stayed, and we're really thrilled about that. You know, and, and you couple that with um, some older guys that we brought in that, like Joey Riley, who's in a year three for us, and Brendan McGuire and uh, Raheem Solomon and, you know, and then some new additional transfers that we brought in Alex Sobel, uh, who's division three national player of the year. And, and uh, Kyle McGee, who's a division two first team, all league guy. So we have some, some experience. Some guys have had a, a lot of success at various stops at the college level. And, um, and, you know, we have some, some guys that have started, decided to stick with us. So, so that's, you know, it's that combination has, has certainly uh, raised the level of expectation, like I said, both internally and externally. And, uh, you know, we hope that we can take advantage of that. I know you did a quick little breakdown of some of the p- players there, but can you give the listeners here a little bit more into your roster this year and what to expect from some of these guys? Well, certainly when you talk about our team, you got to start with our two returning all-conference players, and Nico Gallet, who will be most piece, most people's preseason player of the year, and and then Joey Riley, who will be probably on most people's first team preseason. So you have two guys that are two of the top five returning players in the league. You know that's a great place to start, and those guys are veteran guys, and uh, they've gotten better every year, and um, 
they give us some stability and reliability and comfort level on the court. And then you couple those guys with, you know, guys like Brendan McGuire, who's in his fifth year, transferred from Quinnipiac, who's going to be the second year for us, Raheem Solomon, transferred from Niagara, Aiden Carpenter, transferred from Siena, you know, and then the two new transfers in Alex Sobel and, um, and Kyle McGee, who have had a lot of success at their previous stops. And then I don't want to forget Tanner Thomas, who's a, a very experienced junior. So now you have a core group of guys that, that are older, more experienced, and have had success at the college level, both individually and as a team. And then you throw in a guy like Raymond Espoir Guzman, who's a redshirt sophomore, but he's at his third year of college. And now you got some depth and some 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 talented guys and some 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 different some a lot of different guys that can do a lot of different things. So um, you know, that's kind of it. And then you have Mike Sixsmith who's in his fourth year for us as well, who who's had moments of of, uh, of being a very good player for us. So, you know, we think we have some a lot of guys we can count on. So, Coach, I know you mentioned a little bit in terms of the non-conference schedule and in some of your goals there. Um, so take me through it a little bit because you've got a really interesting schedule here. You play some other great mid-majors. You've got two Big East games in Providence and St. John's on the schedule, an A-10 team in St. Joe's, uh, Iona, who, who's been a great MAC team. So take me through your schedule a little bit in terms of uh, what fans can expect to see from your team here. Well, certainly, you know, I think when people look at our non-conference, the first thing they look at is, all right, what high major teams are we playing? Certainly with St. John's, you have Coach Patino, who's, you know, a legend. You know, arguably, you know, I actually think if he never went to the NBA, he would be considered, largely considered a top three coach, top four or five coach in the history of college basketball. As it is, I still think he's a top ten coach, but uh, and maybe, maybe he's still in the top five. I mean, all he does is win wherever he goes. So that uh, St. John's is always a, a kind of a brand name. Um, but, you know, add Coach Patino, and now they become kind of uh, very, very interesting. And, and certainly I'm sure there's expectations in, in Queens is very high. And Providence, is, who's had, you know, they're, 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 I think a lot of people are going to have an interest in them with the new coaching change and, uh, you know, and they're regional powers that, that I think a lot of our fans have an interest in going to. So certainly people look at that and they look at, and then the next step is they look at the teams that, you know, what teams kind of are level like Iona, like Fairfield, um, like Holy Cross, the teams that historically have had success and, and, uh, you know, it's a real challenging schedule, you know, then obviously I don't want to forget about St. Joe's and the Atlantic 10, which is, has some great tradition as well. So, you know, certainly those games, but we have a lot of other teams that, you know, like, you know, like Dartmouth, it's a new opponent this year, and, and like BU, who's historically been very good. Uh, and, and I think we have a schedule that basketball fans and our fans, certainly Sacred Heart fans, but just in general basketball fans, you know, can, can look at some matchups and say, hey, I'm curious, you know, Sacred Heart's supposed to be good. They're supposed to be the best team in Northeast Conference. Let's see how they fare against BU one of the better programs in the Patriot League. Iona, kind of a team that's dominated the, the MAC. You know, Holy Cross, you know, with a new coach, will they make a resurgence in the Patriot League? So I, I think there's there's a lot of interesting storylines, you know, uh, which is great. You know, we, we want people to have an interest in, in us and our program and see how we fare. And, you know, but our goal is, is one, is to improve. You know, two is, uh, it's a tough schedule, but if we can get out of non-conference play, 
uh, above 500 because obviously it's we have 15 games. So we're either going to be above or below, not you know, above 500. I think that is a good sign for things to come in conference play. So, um, you know, you want to test yourself. You want to improve, but you also want to get some wins too. You know, I think sometimes um, it can be a real challenge. Now, Merrimack did a great job. and Obviously, Joe Gallo is a great coach, but, you know, they they, they had they took their lumps in the non-conference and they were able to regroup. But what he did was was very difficult to do and exceptional to to struggle in the non-conference and then because you know, they played a ridiculously hard schedule. Um, and then to go out and win the league, both regular season and tournament, is uh, – is a very tough thing to do. So, you know, we certainly want to, you know, want to fare a little bit better. Um, but I think one thing that, that, that shows you is like, all right, you can struggle in that conference and still turn around. Um, but we want to have a great year, not just a great conference season. So, you know, our goal is to be above 500. I think it's a doable goal, but it's not an easy goal. Uh, Cause there's some games in there that, you know, are going to be very hard to win and, you know, and, and, the other games aren't very aren't easy either. So, you know, but it's exciting, you know, and, and you know, our, our school really in a great place, you know, from an enrollment standpoint, I, you know, we, we're the, at our largest we've ever been. You know, I think there's just judging by our, our football games this fall, the student turnout is outstanding. And so we expect, you know, we, we, we've hired some new people in, in, in the department that I think are, going to do an awesome job of, of turning out more, you know, more students to games. And, and so we're really excited about November 6th and our opening game. And we're expecting a big crowd. And I think that's something that's exciting for our program and our players, but also for our university. You know, we want our games to be uh, an event and something that people on campus talk about. And I think having a big crowd and then winning uh, is the way to do that. Absolutely. Well, well, Coach, I want to wrap with this one here. We saw the success the NEC had in the NCAA tournament last year with, with Fairleigh Dickinson. You actually swept that team uh, last year. Um, so what do you think it says about, A, you know, the, the conference, and B, just the parity in the sport right now in terms of really anyone could beat anyone on, on any given night, it seems? Well, that's the beauty of college basketball is that – you know, with the transfer portal, with a lot of these high majors being young all the time because they lose their best players to the NBA, whatever, it does level the playing field a little bit. And, you know, five or six years ago when we were losing transfers, you know, it would set us back a couple years to, to get back to where we were. And now you can lose a guy like we lose a guy like Tyler Thomas to Hofstra. And he's, you know, he's, a, you know, he's everybody's preseason player of the year in the CAA now. And we get better because we bring in a Brendan McGuire or, you know, or Raheem Solomon or, you know, this, this you know, Joey Riley or Alex Sobel or Kyle McGee. So I think um, what it says is it's hard to be good for multiple years because you're going to lose a lot of your best players, whether it's at the low major, mid-major level to transferring or to the high major level to the NBA. But it also signals to fans Hey, if you have a down year, you can turn it around quick because you can rebuild quickly. Now, it's not the same face, you know, the days of Patrick Ewing being at Georgetown for four years, or even, you know, even a guy, you know, like um, 
uh, boy, like a Shane Gibson, who's when I was an assistant here, scored 2,000 points. Like those days are probably gone. That's why Nico Galletta is, is such a unique player because a player of his caliber staying four years is, you know, he may be the last of them. But, uh, but you can bring in some guys that either just want a different experience or just need a better, a better situation. And, you know, and it, and it can really change, th- turn things around quickly. So, you know, it makes our job a little more, um, if it's possible, a little more stressful because you're really building your team year to year. You're not building your program two or three or four years out. So, you know, the challenge in recruiting is really like, you know, if you have a bad recruiting year five to ten years ago, it might hurt you two or three years from now, but it won't hurt you. It might not hurt you immediately. Now, if you have a bad recruiting year, you're going to probably be bad. So there's so much pressure on making sure you bring in the right caliber of player that, um, you know, it's really tricky. So, you know, you need it. You need the best staff possible. I'm really excited about my staff. We have a couple new coaches who are outstanding, a couple of returners who are outstanding. And you have to make sure that you're bringing in guys that kind of value the same things you value because, it's not a two or three year process anymore. It's a one year deal here. And so you got to get guys to buy in immediately um, at a high level. If you want to avoid that really, you know, fall off the cliff, cliff down year, which is a very real thing every year now, you know, but again, the excitement of it is you can really come out of nowhere. That's why these preseason polls and we're being picked first because we have a lot of guys back, but like, a lot of these guys that have a lot of new players. I mean, like, for example, Iona. Iona's got 10 new guys in their roster and a new coach. Well, who knows? I mean, you know, he's a really good coach, Tobin Anderson. And so he probably brought, brought in some really good players. So, like, we played them the second game of the year, and I have no idea if we're favored in that game or not. I mean, certainly on the road we wouldn't be. But, you know, are we a prohibitive underdog? Are we a slight underdog? I mean, there's a lot of things you don't know. And even a team like them, you know, you, you get them early and they have a lot of new faces and maybe you beat them early. But by January, by January, maybe they're dynamite because now they've kind of figured out what their coach is looking for, who is a new coach as well there. So it's um, it's a real challenge. And, um, you know, probably a lot of coaches probably have a lot more gray hairs and, you know, unfortunately, probably a lot more turnover than ever before because there's such pressure, but I'm blessed. I'm at a great place. I'm at uh, a great institution with great leadership, uh, great vision and great perspective. I've been a beneficiary of that for a lot of years now. And that's something I don't take for granted, you know, from our president to our vice president, to our athletic director. I mean, these are quality people that have, have a great perspective on college athletics. And like I said, I've been a beneficiary of that. And, and I, um, but now, you know, again, we've been close, but it's time, it's time to, to give Sacred Heart a champion, you know, and, and, uh, and I've said that before, but this is probably certainly on paper, our, our best opportunity. And, you know, we need to have a sense of urgency and seize the moment, you know, and not for me, for, and not even for our players, but for a university that has, has supported us, in a way that, 
doesn't exist in a lot of places. Doesn't exist in many places these days. So, um, you know, I think uh, that's my that's that's what motivates me more than ever. And um, I'm really looking forward to giving you know our student body and our administration and our alums uh, an NCAA tournament because that's the one thing that's eluded us and and uh, we need to get there. Well, Coach, you, you've got me really excited about your team. Uh, can't wait to check out the action starting in uh, in November there, and it seems like it's going to be a fun season at Sacred Heart, so uh, we'll have to have you join us again later on in the season so you can continue to build up your record as the uh, most frequent guest here. Uh, so, uh, again, thank you for your time as always, and uh, best best of luck this season. Terrific. We look to add to that to that you know record of, of most appearances here, and, and hopefully... Hopefully, maybe not this late, but hopefully it's talking about uh, preparing for the NCAA tournament. I'd love to have you be the yeah. first guy to talk to uh, after we cut down the nets. That's the hope. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, best of luck this season, Coach. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod the host at Jared Cutler and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.